Well, good morning, Eastside family and friends. We're so glad you could join us this Easter Sunday morning. I am <laughs> more than excited about what I believe the Lord is going to do this Easter. I think like never before, we're poised to hear God like never before. There's most likely going to be more people who attend a Sunday morning service or listening, listening to a Sunday morning service this Easter probably than the history of mankind. So I'm just believing and, and want you to agree with me in prayer this morning that those around the world, there's going to be commitment after commitment to following Jesus this morning, this Easter Sunday morning, this Resurrection Sunday. Would you agree with me in prayer? Let's pray together. Fathers, we come to you this morning and we and we recognize, God, that you're that you are drawing attention to our need for you. No matter how it's, it's getting there, God, there, there never has been a greater awareness of our need for you this Easter Sunday morning. And so, Father, as we open your word, as we continue in John this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open eyes, that you would open ears, and there would be hearts who receive you that would never have done it unless we were quiet and still like we are today. So, Father, I thank you for your great grace upon us, and we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue in John. We're going to kind of skip a little forward. We're going to go to John chapter 21. So, if you have your Bibles, you can open with me there. We're going to look at uh, verse 15 through 19. We're going to jump around in some other scriptures, but we really kind of want to focus on this. The reason I picked those scriptures is as I begin to read John, I read John several times this week all the way through, and there's, there's a context. There's a couple of things that just jump out. One of the things that jump out is the, just the thought of Jesus and how many times Jesus said plainly, just follow me, follow me. And how much emphasis John particularly put on love. How, how much love was a centerpiece of the book of John. And so we see that happening, those two combinations um, with Simon Peter and Jesus uh, after the resurrection. And uh, Jesus is actually cooking breakfast on the shore and, and, and Peter's out fishing and you know, there's this conversation that goes on, and so oftentimes we see in this story, and preachers preach about this story, you know, the, the re restoration of Peter. Peter, you know, is a broken man at this particular time. He, he has reverted back to what he did before he began to follow Jesus, and he's probably destroyed emotionally, spiritually, and, and just lost confidence and hope because he has denied Christ three times, and, and Jesus has has been a witness to his denial. And, and Peter's a broken man. And so oftentimes preachers um, emphasize the, the part of the restoration and the love that Jesus shows Peter. And, and, it's, and it's good. But this morning I just, I, I want you to understand that Jesus had intent. You know, he wanted to restore Peter and he wanted Peter to understand his great love for him and how, how broad and how deep the mercy of God is. But what he really wanted was Peter to get back to work. What he, <laughs> uh, what he really wanted was 
ministry to the church. What his desire was is that Peter's gift not be wasted. That, that Peter be restored to the place where he was about his father's business. And so let's read together. Let's read together in John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you, were, you, you will stretch out your hands and, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus says, said this to, to let Peter know what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus said these words, follow me, follow me. What was Jesus asking when he said, follow me? What does he mean and what does it mean to be a Christ follower? Well, some folks are called Christian in name only. A better description of what Jesus intends for us as believers is to be called Christ followers. He doesn't ask us to, to let him into our heart. He never asks us to pray a prayer, to come up front of a church or even to talk to a pastor. He says, I want you to believe in, I want you to put your trust in me, Jesus. Put your trust in him and the one who sent him, the Father, and follow him. Follow Jesus. That's the request. To follow Jesus, to follow Christ, means to do what he did, to respond like he would respond, to hear him and then do it, to do the word that was sent as light into darkness. When you don't know what to do, you look and you listen for the word. So what would Jesus do? Or what was Jesus' motivation? Might even be a better question. What was his motivation? Jesus' motivation was to do the will of the one who sent him. He wanted to accomplish the task assigned to him before the beginning of the world, before the creation. Jesus even said it this way. He said, my food is to do the will of the Father. So what we know about following Jesus is that it won't be easy. It's never easy, but it'll be incredibly rewarding, just like it was for Peter. In John chapter 12, verse 26 and 28, it says this, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, Jesus says. And what shall I say? In this troubled state, in understanding that it was about to get really hard. He says, he says what, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And obviously the answer to that question is no. But, but, but for this purpose, 
I came to this hour. So Father, glorify your name. Father, glorify your name. He came to us. He, 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 he designed and developed the New Testament as we have it today as a witness. It is a testimony of what Jesus would do, how he would respond, how he responded to the Father's love, how much he loved the Father. We see that Jesus called the people of the Bible to do the same, to follow him in that. With Peter and John, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. With Philip, he just simply says, come follow me, Philip. With Matthew, Matthew's collecting taxes at the tax booth and Jesus comes by and says, follow me. With the rich young ruler, he, he points out the thing that the rich young ruler needs to understand about himself. And after that, he says, then come and follow me. The woman that was caught in adultery after she discovers that Jesus didn't come to judge her or condemn her, she gets up and he says, go sin no more. And then he turns to the crowd and he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The man who, who, whose father died. It's a, it's a tough passage of scripture. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 22, he says, he says let me go bury my father after Jesus says, follow me, and, 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 and Jesus said, no, follow me now and let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a time in every person's life, and there may be multiple times in your life that Jesus has said, come, you, you follow me, you follow me. And, and maybe you haven't responded, maybe you did respond, but there are so many people who didn't respond to that call. So what does Jesus expect of you and me today? He expects us to do the will of him who sent us. Jesus' expectation for you and me is to follow him in doing the will of the one who sent him and who sent us. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way Take up your cross and follow me. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, it says this, If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. That cross being the instrument of death, the, the, the putting down our own ways of doing things or our own goals and ambitions and, and laying them aside to him. And as he gives us, he gives us assignments. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it, he says. But if you give up your life for me, that's when you're going to find it. That's when, that's when it's really, really, really going to get good. Jesus says again in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, he says this, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. In Luke chapter 14, 33, it says this. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. In other words, when Jesus is saying these things, he, he's saying discipleship means the total renunciation of all selfish interests for the sake of Jesus. We cannot be 
a disciple of Jesus. We can't be that disciple dealing with issues uh, without total commitment to, to his, his, his way, without maximum commitment and realization of Christ's purpose in our lives in this age. Discipleship means total commitment and maximum realization of Christ's purpose for our lives in this age. Today we have a choice. It's not only to believe, but we have a choice of whether we're really going to follow Jesus. In John, as we're reading through this story and we're getting the whole story that John is presenting to us, we see that it's really easy for people to fall into this pit. In John 12, 42, there's a group of people that says many people did believe in Jesus. However, including some of the Jew Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit that they were believers for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Jesus then turns to the crowd and he says this, if you trust in me, you're trusting not only in me, but also in God, the God who sent me. For when you see me, you're seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth that I have spoken. What Jesus is saying here is the word's going to do the judgment. The word and how well we follow him and what he says actually judges itself. In 1 Peter chapter 21 through 25, it's explained like this. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his footsteps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we have died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you are like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We follow by, by following Christ's example of trusting in the Father and in his way. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this, Now therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. In Galatians, in Galatians chapter 20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. We are to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. How do you know whether you're following Christ? Whether you hear the words of his that are written in this book and whether you adhere to his way 
versus your own way of doing. So he says, examine yourself whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified by not keeping his word. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so we understand that today we have a choice. And that is we have to believe and we have to follow Christ. But like Peter, like Peter here, I think, is, is, the, is, the, is the big message. You know, Peter was broken. He was hurt. You know, he, he didn't. He, he, he just couldn't see himself going forward. He, he, he thought he had messed it up so bad that he could never be restored to Christ like he once was. I mean, once he said, he said Jesus, I'm going to die with you. Once he said, I'll never do that. I'll never forsake you. And Jesus points out to him that, that he was going to forsake him three times. But I don't know that Peter even believed Jesus when Jesus told him that. And then, and then he finds himself doing the very thing that he promised he'd never do. How many of you have ever done that? I mean, I know if you're like me, man. I mean, I knew about God a long time before I really became a Christ follower. There were many years that I was trained in my family tradition to go to church on a regular basis. I mean, we went to church like clockwork, but I never, ever, ever really was a Christ follower until one day I realized his great mercy for me. Until one day I realized that his way was better, that my way really wasn't working very well, and I really needed him. And when I realized that, the, the, the greatest realization for me was to realize that no matter what I had done, I could be in right standing with Jesus. That's his message to you this Easter. That's why Jesus died. He died to ask you the question. There are many of you can answer like Peter did. Do you love me, Jesus is saying. And you can say, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he says again, do you really love me? And, he, and you can say to him, yes, Lord, you know I love me. And he's saying to you, then follow me. Then take care of my church. Then feed my lambs. He knows those who are going to come. And there are people who are going to come to the Lord just because of you. There are people that are going to come to Christ that you have influence over that only you can lead. And Jesus is depending on you to say yes. Not only do I love you, God, I want to follow you. I want to, I want to exchange. I want to make this exchange today. I give up my way and I take yours. My way's not even working very well. I don't know why I'm holding on to it so, so strongly. I want to release that to you today, God. And I want to say, I want to follow you. I want to be like you. I want to focus on the church. In John chapter 15, verse 12, it says this, This is my command to you, that you love one another. I love this. And Jesus says, I've given you a new commandment. And it's really not really new because he's quoting Deuteronomy. And he says, you know, you've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, then you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is, is saying, he said, this is how they're going to know that you're following me, that you love one another, that you care for one another. It's amazing to me when I read John and I see how Jesus interacts with the world. You know, he, he's not very tolerant of people who he knows are not going to believe and follow him. 
when it came to the religious leaders of the day or those who were going to lead people astray. He, he wasn't very tolerant with those folks. He was kind of hard on them, matter of fact. But those that he knew would actually believe and follow him, those are the ones that he had mercy on. And today, Jesus is saying to you, I love you. I want to have mercy. You know, my mercy is new every day. Every morning, no matter, no matter uh, how much you used yesterday, my, my mercy is new every day. Don Potter does a song because his mercy are new every morning. Man, it's got a, it's got a great catchphrase that, that, that just talks about the mercy of God being new every day. And, and in my mind's eye, I get this picture of uh, like a leader, like a leader container, glass container, and it's full of water. You know, and that word what represents mercy. And, and that as we use the mercy of God, you know, because, because we, we have, uh, are following our own way, you know, that seems to just, it, it reduces what's in that jar. But what Scripture tells us is that His mercies are new every day. And so the next morning you wake up with that container, it's not half full. It's not three quarters of the way empty. It's not empty. You haven't run out of mercy from God. His mercy is new. Every Easter, we were reminded and get brought back to a place of why Jesus died. Jesus died so each one of us could live life to the full. We think that we've got this way of living that's better than what Jesus has to offer. And I just want to let you know today, this Easter Sunday morning, that's a lie. Jesus wants to give you peace. Jesus wants to give you joy. Overflowing, no matter what's going on in your life, you can live in peace. He wants to give you financial freedom as you handle your money the way he says handle money. Everything about his word is true, and it always does what it was sent to do. And this is what I want you to know today. God says in John 13, 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples, that we love one another. How well we do that in this time, in this day. Let me tell you, just as Peter was born in that day, and just as Jesus gave him the challenge to begin to follow him in, in the way he was following the Father, he's given that challenge to you and me this Easter Sunday. This Easter Sunday morning, there's never been a time in history like we're living. And I just want to promise you one thing. God knew that you would be living right now. He knew you and I would be at this moment and be able to love each other well. And there's an impossible task ahead of us if we don't follow Jesus and how to love. Jesus teaches us how to love. And he's placed you here to love well during this time. We were born for such a time as this. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus knew this day would come and he knew you would be here and he knew that you would be the one that could bring glory to his name because you learn how to love well as you follow Christ. He wants you to glorify his name by doing what the church is supposed to have always been doing and that's love each other well. Teaching each other how to follow Jesus well. Looking at what he says looking at how he lived and followed him. He wants us to love like the Father. He wants us to represent. He wants us to build the church. He wants us to love the church 
like the Father loves the church. There's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did. That's what he's asking you to do today. And so this morning, I want to ask you, do you love Jesus? He's asking you that question. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? Will you follow him? Will you take his word and put it in your heart? Will you begin to carry out his word versus the way you've always done things? That's the decision that we have today. All across America, all across the nations, this Easter, there is a spotlight on Jesus. And he's saying to everyone, come, follow me. Come, follow me as I do the Father's will, as I carry out the purposes of the Father. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today that your message is going out all over the world this Easter Sunday morning, that that grave is empty. The grave is empty and you're alive. And you are, you're, you're, you're leading the way for us. We will be, we're born again, but there's a time that we're going to be uh, cast into eternity with you. God, that we're going to be born into eternity. And Father, it's going to, it's going to make uh, a difference of whether we trusted and believed in you and whether we followed you and followed your word. That is going to be what judges us whether we had a passion and a love for righteousness or our own way. And so this morning, God, I pray that eyes would be open. I pray that ears would be uh, hearing. And I pray that your word would bear fruit today. I pray, Jesus, there would be so many across, across my voice that would say yes to you today. I pray there'd be many on east side, God, that, that have have acknowledged you, have believed in what you came to do, but haven't really laid down their life to follow you. I pray that there would be many, many, many to make a commitment. Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm desperate for you. I know I need you. So this day, this day, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians, there's this, there's this great verse. And it, 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 it says it like this. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations for and ever and ever. This morning I just say Happy Easter from Liz and I. We love you. We're praying for you. You were born for such a time as this. God bless you. Love well. In Jesus' name. Amen.